0: Welcome to the IoT 613 podcast, covering all aspects of the Internet of Things in Ottawa, Canada, and beyond. My name is Robert Decker, and I'm pleased to be your host for our podcast series. Today on the show, we have Gary Davis, Chief Consumer Security Evangelist at McAfee. For nearly 10 years, Gary has held leadership roles in the consumer and enterprise divisions, where he has helped shape various product portfolios and strategic direction, along with advocating for cybersecurity education. Prior to joining McAfee, Gary held senior management positions for more than 20 years in various technology companies, and he served on the board of directors for the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Gary is a sought-after speaker on trends in digital security, including the evolving threat landscape, privacy, and securing the Internet of Things. Traveling to Ottawa, Canada from the United States, IOT 613 was honored to have Gary speak at the 2019 IOT 613 conference and I had the chance to speak with him before he joined the stage. Let's check that out. So hi Gary, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, happy to be here. So let's start with uh, a bit about you, your background, what did you study, and how did you land in your current role? You
1: know, it's funny, I don't think anybody could connect the dots for, for where I was raised, born and raised, and how I ended up here. I was uh, born and raised on a dairy farm. Yeah. Up in upstate New York, um, didn't really know what my passion was. In fact, as I was exiting high school, my guidance counselor said, I see two things in your future. Farming and corrections officer. Okay. are very different. Well, and I'm like, well, I don't think either one really are very interesting to me. So, you know, not knowing what I wanted to do and the, the fact that my uh, folks were quite very well off, I went in the Navy. Yeah. And while I was in the Navy, I, I did my undergraduate work, my graduate work, and when I was working on my graduate thesis, I did a non-equivalent control group comparison study of the voting habits of two different military installations in Hawaii. Interesting. And it was during that process where I understood the, the value of, of influence and, and 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 trying to get people to, to align around a certain thing that you're striving for. Yeah. So and that was back in the what the late 80s. You know, fast forward to today, I've been at McAfee for 10 years. Um, I've been the chief consumer security evangelist now for about three or four and in that role, it's somewhat of a bifurcated role. Part of it is is knowing what's going on in the space and then using those insights to inform our, our products. Yeah. Right? Which, what new products should we be building and why? And the other part is really doing things like this, coming out and speaking to events. I spend a lot of time with media trying to inform and educate the market because at the end of the day, security is a very intimidating, scary topic. Yeah. And if you can distill down the complexity of it into... Your actionable insights, you know, people tend to appreciate it. So I spent a lot of time just getting out in front of as many people as I can, as many people listen to me to
0: get the word out. Interesting. You know, I was in the Navy for a couple of years. I wasn't cut out for it, but I learned a lot about discipline, teamwork yeah. leadership. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, going through university, doing a study and really focusing on that influence and perhaps leadership qualities, right? You're, you're a charismatic guy. And so you're coming from Texas. I think your
1: office is. It is my office is in Texas. I have a cottage in upstate New York. So I, I flew up to Syracuse, uh, middle last week, spent the weekend at the cottage. Yeah. I spent the rest of the week up here. I'm going to be going back to Syracuse as soon as you wrap up. So. Great. Well, thanks for being here. We're at IoT
0: 613. And you're actually speaking in just under an hour from now. Can you give us a little synopsis of what you're speaking about today?
1: Yeah. The, the, you know, we, as both consumers and businesses, are bringing a plethora of new devices into our homes, specifically connected devices. Yeah. In fact, you know the rule of thumb now: everything you buy is connected, in some way, <laughs> shape, or fashion. So, which is awesome because it, it affords us a level of conven- a convenience that we've never enjoyed before. But there's kind of a dark side to it, and the dark side is that most of the device manufacturers are really solving for time to market in convenience. They want to to be first to market because there's massive revenue opportunity to do that. And they want to make it as simple as possible for the user. So, these devices are getting out there in mass with very little effective security controls, per se. And then, both consumers and businesses who bring these devices into their home, are putting them in without really giving much thought to how to lock them down. Mm -hmm. They're just like the manufacturer, they say, well, I want to just get it installed and providing me the service as quick as I can. And it's opening up the Pandora's box for bad guys to really target those devices. In fact, one of the stories I'm fond of talking about is last year there was a casino in North America that some bad actors came in and accessed a connected thermostat that was in an aquarium. And through that thermostat, got access to the high roller database. Was able to you know, take all the data out of the data, of the database, and steal it in essence. Ridiculous. So again, yeah. and all these companies are that bring these devices, and they are thinking about you just how vulnerable they are or how exploitable they are. Yeah. And part of my discussion today is to not necessarily try to dissuade people from embracing these products because that's not the point. We really want people to use them because they do provide a wealth of convenience. It's just. You know, use a little bit of, of, of be prudent in how you implement those and make sure you're doing things like using complex passwords, checking to see if maybe the company you're buying for has had a history of doing or being exposed in certain attacks and things like that. Just be a, a smart consumer and you should enjoy all the devices you can. In fact, in my home, um, I have, it's just me and my fiance and I have 37 connected things. Yeah, And I never worry about, how exploitable they are because I know how the kind of <laughs> controls I have are on, on firewall controls and my router and, yeah. and other controls I have in my home to make sure that I'm not a victim. That's not to say I can't be a victim.
0: Yeah. But I, I have, but most people don't take any steps. Zero, you know, you yeah. plug it in and turn it on, turn it on and, and
1: whatever the default username password, that's good enough for me. And it just, it causes a,
0: a lot of challenges in the space. Let's talk about the business McAfee, yeah. you know, where are they coming from? What are you working on now? it sounds to me as though you're offering uh, product makers and other businesses services to implement security into their uh, yeah. products I, I mean you tell me what's happening in your world yeah
1: we we have two primary parts to our business one the site i come from which is largely consumer and we protect i think the last count um over half a billion consumers around the world so we have a lot of our software on on devices, smartphones, laptops, you devices that consumers rely on every day. We also have the enterprise side of our business, which which um, uh, protects some of the largest governments and institutions in the world. So those are the two parts of our business. Yeah, very different. Yeah, very, very different. And the go-to-market motion is very different. You know, the, the product set is very different. For example, one of the things that we've been working on on the consumer side is, is coming up, understanding you know, again, if you rewind about four or five years ago when we start seeing all of these devices coming into our consumers' homes and realizing that, that these are devices we can't put bits on because they're either headless or they just don't have the, the compute power to do that. So what we've been working on and brought to market, I believe it was last January, not uh, 2019, but 2018, was a secure home platform product where we, we actually work with router manufacturers to, to build security software into the router itself. So all the traffic coming through these connected devices, connected devices, through the routers, we're able to determine is it good traffic or bad traffic, and inform the consumer. Okay, you, you have something going on here; you need to go fix.
0: Yeah, there's a lot happening. I mean, you, yeah. we're talking about something just in the last four years with the amount of devices, and yeah. can you imagine where it's going? Oh yeah, I mean, especially with uh, you know smart cities and infrastructure, and outside of the consumer market. What do you think is happening? Uh, on the scale of consumer products that manufacturers could do better. I mean, I get that you're a gateway from the device to the internet, essentially. Sure. What's your advice to makers out there? Yeah, there's some
1: simple things device manufacturers can be doing. What, first and foremost is establish um, encrypted communications. For example, when your device talks to your router and then goes to the, some cloud-based service on the, out, out the ether, you make make the, the whole thing Encrypted. Another thing that they really should do is is, is force the password reset, you know, when, when the consumer installs that device, make sure they not only change the password, but they use a, 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 a password that's not, not easily crackable. Mm. And just a couple of small things, they have. in fact, HP a couple years ago, they did a, a survey and they found, they looked at the top 10 devices deployed in the home and found found they had on average 25 vulnerabilities each. Wow. So it's just kind of just just pausing as you're going through the, <laughs> the manufacturing process and say, what, we, what are best practices for security and making sure we're, we're including those capabilities in the device and, and, and understanding the balance between security and convenience and trying to find that, that right balance would be so, the
0: call. So the average Joe like myself, I've got you know smart lights in my home. I've got the Ecobee smart thermometer, a uh-huh. couple of Google homes and whatever router was on sale when I bought it. You know, what's your advice to the average consumer in terms of maybe purchasing one new product or, you know, beyond just changing the passwords to everything, you know, what should I be doing myself?
1: Um, well, I would check your router because over the past couple of years, routers have been highly targeted in tax. In fact, it was the middle of last year where, what was it called? Um, God, there's something, I forgot the name of the malware but it affected a a large volume of routers. Basically, the the FBI said, go unplug your router and let it reset because through the reset, it would would clear out if if you had the
0: virus installed. Yeah. So, um, I would... And and 1% of people did that. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) that's
1: what makes... We make it way too easy for the bad guys. I mean, they, they... It's the law of large numbers. They know that a very small fraction of people will do... The things that need to be done to make sure they're not a victim and if they hit a roadblock with consumer aid they go to the next one and keep on they keep on going till they find a, a live one in fact you know in our space 71% of all cyber attacks start the phishing email and as much as we spend you know just all this time and explaining you know don't click on links and emails and 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 yeah. what, to be You've looking. Been saying people, that for
0: twenty years. Yeah, and
1: people still do it. And and, and the bad guys know. Well, I know they're gonna. Somebody's gonna click. Somebody yeah. at some point's gonna click on his email, and we're going We're going It's gonna pay off for us doing this. So, the seventy-one percent in a world where we have, you know, over a, a petabyte of threat intelligence suggests that, you know, simple things like you know not getting click happy in emails would go a long ways towards preventing an individual or business from being a victim
0: it's alarming there's a lot of steps between the average user clicking on an email to you know Google Gmail filters not showing you those emails all the way down the line of systems in place and it's still 71% of these start from that point what other areas do these sort of attacks start from
1: yeah it just it's happened to me twice I was in Europe a couple weeks ago and twice while I was there I got a call to me from my own phone so somebody has spoofed my number
0: another phone me. number
1: yeah no but but, but it's, it's coming in like it's my own number yeah so I'm, I'm looking at my my phone is ringing and it's gary davis calling gary davis it <laughs> has got my picture so it's been spoofed yeah um and i was thinking that i know that it's been spoofed so i know not to answer it because it's going to be a scam of some sort um but i think about my brother and my mom they, they were like oh my god my phone is calling me What's oh going yeah on? And they'd, they'd answer and then they'd be They'd get sucked into it, right? For so sure. that, that's a, that's a, a big area where, where they're relying on on those types of capabilities to really disrupt our lifestyles. And my biggest fear is that at some point, because another thing that, that's really common with you know, the robocallers and the scammers is kind of called friends and families. In essence, they will look at your area code and the th- first and the suffix. And they'll dial that, they'll dial from those numbers thinking, well, it must be somebody I know because it's my area code my suffix. Yeah. So it must be neighbor or friend. So let me go and answer. Yeah. So. That
0: local identity.
1: Yeah. So they'll, so they'll try to click on that. So that's, we're seeing a lot of that. Um, and it really, it, it, it's, it's, we, we find that there's a lot of, uh, seasonality is not the right word, but they follow what's going on in the world. So for example, if you have a, like something like the world cup or the Olympics or uh the Super Bowl or a major catastrophe. There was, yeah. When the MAX 8 had those two um, uh, planes that crashed, you know, there was a lot of scams that were tied to the MAX 8. Obviously, they're drawing on the heartstrings of consumers. Yeah. And, and it's just anything that, that gets a lot of media attention is, is fair game for the bad guys. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that's... One, the, the point there is, be mindful who you're giving to or, or what you're connecting to. Because it's not not always who you think it might be.
0: Yeah. Uh, in Canada, we have the Canada Revenue Agency CRA, and that's a big problem. And uh, you know, Indian scammers calling through with the redirect phone. It looks like it's yeah. the taxation system calling you. Well, they are asking for bitcoins, and it's working for them. Yeah, you know, the RCMP here is counting millions, or if not billions, of dollars being funneled. One thing at this conference—it's two days. Yesterday, we had a, a cybersecurity workshop. It was a full day called. Um, uh, was I'm, I'm capture the flag? Yeah. So similar to yeah. what you're saying, you know, as you build these products and security measures, the bad guys are one step ahead, then you're one step ahead, and you're just constantly back and forth, right? It, it is a constant cat and mouse, and we, we,
1: I mean, we're always trying to figure out. We need to be thinking three steps ahead about what are they doing next, because we know we have a good understanding of of what the current techniques and processes they use, everything from ransomware to tax scams to, to you name it. there's a plethora of different things that they'll employ but it's not what they're doing necessarily today it's what are they thinking about yeah a lot of times you, you really have to poke around in the dark web to understand wh- wh- where they're kind of leaning towards what's going to be the next thing that they're going for example i i hope this doesn't happen but you know i know if my phone calls myself somebody's poofing my phone yeah so i know not to answer i know that that if somebody would would do a if friends and family from my prefix and suffix, that I wouldn't answer that. However, if if they spoof my fiance's phone, they spoof my son's phone, my daughter's phone, something like that, I, I'm going to take the call. Yeah, just because it's, oh, it's 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 my son, it's my daughter, somebody that I would expect to take the call from, and that's when it's going to just <laughs> make it orders of magnitude more difficult for, for people to 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 not you know not engage with these people. I, I, I literally had a discussion with my mom yesterday my advice is don't answer the phone. If, if it's somebody... If you're
0: not expecting a call. If you're
1: not expecting a call, then go to voicemail. Yeah. And if it's real, then, then you know, the old voicemail, you can call me back. It's not that, like yeah. a lot of time has elapsed. In fact, I, I just for fun, a couple weeks ago, I installed this app. I think it's called RoboKill or something like that. So basically, if, if a scammer calls me and it's a known bad number, um, it'll answer like this, this, this Russian guy who's, he literally spent like two or three minutes just <laughs> really trying to, you know, trying, Oh asshole. God, it is so funny. <laughs> and it's like, every time I hear it happen, I just can't yeah, just turn that knife just a little bit, just to kind of yeah. get, get him
0: going. You know, it doesn't stop them though. It's no, it doesn't, <laughs> right? I mean, for yourself, how long have you been in your current role? I think you told me earlier, I've been doing uh,
1: the chief consumer security evangelist, uh, Job for about four years now.
0: Yeah. And I has, love it. It's has just, it changed your outlook on what's happening? I mean, I think either way, the technology is evolving and it's kind of surprising all of us. But yeah. for your background, it's kind of different jobs throughout your life. Yeah. Has this made you a little bit more paranoid or concerned? You know,
1: I'm not prone to being paranoid. I, again, as I said earlier, I have 37 devices in my home. So it's not like I'm tapping the brakes and saying I'm not going to buy any more connected things. But I just, I, I do. I think I have the right muscle memory to do the right things to not be victim, like using complex passwords, doing my homework, yeah. it, you know, just doing the right things. Cause again, the, the bad guys tend to be a little bit lazy. If they hit a, a, a block trying to get into your life, they are gonna go to the next person. They're not going to spend, unless they're, they're specifically targeting you, which happens very rarely. They're just going to, they're going to give up quickly and they're going to go find the next person that, who's not going to be, quite as is, is, is in tune to things. But I, I wouldn't say I'm paranoid. I'm just careful. Yeah. You know, I, And I, I I do, I think the right things. I, in fact, I just wrote a book and it's going to be published later this year. And I talk about, you know, I have this daily checklist of things I do. For example, every day I launch my password manager and I'll see if there's been any, you know, active breaches that I should go in and change my passwords. You know, I, I, I'm always applying, you know, app and system updates every day. I look at my, my top two or three um, investment in bank accounts. Again, there's little things you can do just to make sure that things aren't coming off the rails every day and then you start creating that muscle memory and, and prevent you from doing bad things. In fact, one of my, the things I'm constantly saying is every month I get a, um, a statement from my bank. So, you know, click on this link to go check your latest statement. And I'm 99.9% sure that that's a legitimate email, but, I've, I've trained myself that instead of clicking on that email yeah i they open up a new browser let me go to my bank let me log in directly to their website yeah and go check it that way it's just it's just teaching yourself not to um allow yourself to be a victim goes a long way it's now when you're when you're talking about the people that that, that think that Ellen's generous is going to give away 12 Bentleys, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't do Cook much. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, the, the little things you can do to, to make yourself not be a victim is, is pretty simple.
0: We're talking about a couple of different things here. Uh, we're talking about what you can do to secure your device so it's not a backdoor. Yeah. Another thing that I haven't touched on yet, but you alluded to earlier was, you know, buying a product from some other kind of company that you're not familiar with. I don't want to name names, but I bought a, a little Wi-Fi camera for my house. I believe it's a Chinese firm, probably, yep. you know, on a Chinese server. Should I be worried about things like that in terms of privacy or, you know, where that data is going? I mean, it's streaming me in my house, right?
1: I, I, again, I don't want to name names, but but when when you kind of peel back the onion on, on where we've seen the most exposure, it has been these cameras that are being imported from china which that that talk back to chinese servers um that that seem to have taken the biggest amount of of um impact from some of these exposures yeah and it's, what's, there's a website called um i have to go think of the name again but basically you can track the attacks well not the attacks but you can look at all the, all the cameras that are publicly exposable <laughs> so you, you look at and you can be looking in people's bedrooms into their children's rooms, into. Yeah. You know all sorts of places, um, but yeah, I, I, again, that's one of the things I have, um, you know, three or four cameras around my house, but they are not; they're made from an American company. They could source certain components from China, yeah. Which I'm sure they do, but but there's a level of constant because I, I did the research on this company, yeah, and made sure that they had not been a part of a, of a known attack, yeah. So at least that's not to say they couldn't be, but at least I had this level of confidence. Saying, well, I, I I know that I'm uh, you know, buying from a company that's regularly been in the news,
0: having been exposed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I sound terrible on this podcast. All my <laughs> things are unsecure and from foreign countries. That, that's the right thing. I, I there's this there's this
1: real popular um, video chat thing called TikTok.
0: Yeah, it's heard getting, of
1: it. getting all sorts of. I mean, it's hugely popular with teens. Yeah, and and it's like it's owned by a Chinese company, and and and. You know and, and I'm not saying that TikTok doesn't have all the, the appropriate privacy controls and it's doing all the right things, but at the end of the day, it, you know, the the, the Chinese government have, have not been big fans of citizen privacy. For example, there's all this news about your know, facial recognition and all their their um, not only their airports but in cities yeah, and stuff like spaces, that. Public
0: spaces, yeah, yeah,
1: and it's like I, I just it, I would be a little bit concerned if I'm putting. You know, a ton of videos up on, on servers in that country, yeah. knowing that the, the government itself
0: really doesn't. And they're very sophisticated to mine that data oh, yeah. too, right? Yeah. I sometimes sort of think to myself, I don't worry about it because I it's the amount of data they can't handle, whoever it is, right? Yeah. So I think about my video camera that's streaming. Um, I just, I don't worry because I feel like there's so many devices that they can't even Pinpoint yeah. me, anyways. Although yeah. there'd be an IP, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel secure. But that's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say to you. So I know you got to get going to your your talk. But any last words you want you want to chat about?
1: No, I'm looking forward to this. I you know, in closing, one thing you should be thinking about is today we have about eleven to twelve billion connected things. Right, that's the all-in number. Um, we connect about forty-eight hundred new devices every minute of every day. Wow. By 2025, IDC predicts we'll be connecting. 152,000 devices every minute of every day. <laughs> when you think of that, that the influx of those devices and and where they're going, what they're going in our homes, in our cities, in our businesses, it just it opens up. And if we don't change course and and ensure that. Uh, security and privacy controls are built in from the beginning Mm -hmm. it's going to be a a challenge for us in in the next couple years for sure it's a new form of warfare you know it is yeah yeah excellent to speak with you thank you for taking the time thanks for having me appreciate it